Another day, another dollar to be made here at the Moneyline Madness Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gents. It's episode 29. Andy B., my co-host, is sitting across from me on the Zoom call. What's going on, Andy? Say hi to the people. Hello, everybody. How how are you doing today, Matt? How you how you feeling? All right. I mean, after the conversation we were just having, and you're ready to call me out on a bad pick yesterday, I don't know how I'm feeling, per se, but... I know that there's some playoff basketball tonight, so that's got my vibe a little higher. And I'm ready to uh, to give the people some money. And, uh, I mean, I did I do know another bet that can't, can cancel out that one. So I'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll bring that one up when we when we move on to baseball because I want I really want to make fun of you for that one. It was more it was more me being happy about something else, but we'll we'll get to that eventually. But yes, you said playoff basketball and probably the uh, in my in my time probably the second most anticipated series I've ever seen the Celtics play in. I'm very excited for this series. This kind of, like I said yesterday, it kind of feels like a revenge-type series for us for the bubble. I know nobody counts the bubble, but I was still watching the bubble, and I wanted to go to the finals, and they didn't do it. So, And it was because of the heat. So I, I, I really feel like this is revenge in my eyes, and I have some picks that will both go against the Celtics and go for the Celtics, but I'm very, very excited for this series. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough because I really think that there's gonna be a lot of physicality in this these games. Um, obviously, the first one is in Miami, so it's a little bit more stressful game one type of vibe for you guys and the Celtics. But honestly, I feel like it's a great matchup for you, even better than the previous one in the bubble, like you're saying. Um, I think that you guys have a little bit more age to your team. Everybody, the chemistry's there a little bit more. I feel like Ime has really done a good job with the squad, finding ways to really get everybody's role involved. And I feel like that's a big difference. So, And also, Miami, they, they I think we talked about this. They had Goran Dragic putting up big points in those games. They got a lot of that bubble magic going on. Mm-hmm. with that Tyler guy. Hero, too. Tyler was putting up. I think Tyler put up, what, like 35 in a game in that? I think it was close to that. He put up yeah, a lot was, in one game. It was fishy when he did the little snarl. That was, yeah. Well, that was against the Lakers. If he did that against the Celtics. But, no, yeah. He was, yeah, that was a bunch of bubble nonsense. You <laughs> yeah. Know, that's, that's, that doesn't count. So. We put that behind us. Absolutely. So we're moving on. Bigger and better things today. Let oh, me yeah. ask you, what are the keys to the game if the Celtics want to win game one in Miami? Well, they're going to get out-rebounded. The the the, uh, the key is not to get two out rebounded. Don't get out rebounded by fifteen to twenty rebounds. Put up a fight because Rob is Rob's probably gonna start if I had to guess because they said there's no limitations, but he's not gonna be a hundred percent. He's he hasn't been a hundred percent all playoffs, which is why he hasn't played as much. So they they they're gonna get out rebounded. Man, Adebayo is easily probably that's why I have his over on rebounds. It's just it's like obvious they get out rebounded by everybody it's making it close enough to where you're not giving them too many more possessions than you and that's that's a big key today and also just doing exactly what they did last game on offense just finding the open man and shooting the three because you shoot 53s eventually you're going to hit at least 15 to 20 i mean as many i know a lot of people traditionalists maybe in a sense will say well the three-pointer's boring. I I love it. You take 53s, you're giving me a chance to win because you're not missing all 50. So um, key, the keys there would be rebounding and three-point shooting. And, and I think it's going to be tougher against this team, but I think they're going to they're gonna get it done. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with 
both of those, honestly. The rebounding is a big part, and rebounding wins you games. And then on the other side with the three-point shooting, you look at the Miami Heat, and one thing that they don't have is a lot of shooters. You go down their lineup, and it's really just Tyler. And besides that, Duncan Robinson isn't getting consistent minutes. Your second-best shooter is either Max Struess or Victor Oladipo. And, like, really, that's not a yeah. second option that you want to be turning to for three-pointers like that. Yeah. So you guys definitely had an advantage on the perimeter. And I think that if you can exploit that, you're really going to have yourself, you know, seeing success this series. Yeah. So Don't be surprised. <clears throat> Don't be surprised if you see Duncan Robinson play a lot. Because yeah. the, Celtics, him. the Celtics leave men open a lot from three. Pat Connaughton, especially, they were leaving him open, which you should not do. If they leave him open, he's not going to miss. It's just when it's contested. So um, don't be surprised if Duncan plays a few more minutes than he's used to, which is probably like 10 because he doesn't yeah, well, play very much he actually, at all. He had four minutes or nine minutes logged the whole series last there year. So he hasn't been playing relatively at all. So we will we will see. You want to uh, hit the people with some picks for today's uh, today's game? Yeah, I'll I'll give you the um, <clears throat> sorry, I'll give you the Heat ones first, just cause uh, get them out of the way. I said I mentioned uh, Bam over eight and a half. That one to me feels safe. I know you you probably aren't on the Bam trade. I heard I train. I heard you guys saying some things on the TV last night, but for Bam, I got him over eight and a half rebounds. It feels safe to me. Um, and Tyler Hero over fourteen and a half. Um, I really don't know what to say on that. Every time he plays the Celtics, he turns into God, apparently, because I think he's averaging like 20 a game against the Celtics. Also averaged 20 a game this season, too. <clears throat> Possible he's going to start, I would assume, with no Lowry. So that's uh, that's the heat bets. And for the uh, for the Celtics, Jason Tatum over four and a half assists. I don't know if you guys watched. ESPN did kind of a piece during the game about how he transformed into a guy who could gain assists. And that is something that I definitely am very happy he did because it really changed the course of the season. He was finding Grant Williams wide open. If he can find the open man, he gets those assists. Four and a half is nothing. So I really like that one. And uh, I'll do my <clears throat> I'll do my PPDs after uh, after you give me a little something. All right, I uh, I like those, and I am actually also going to be doubling down on the Tyler pick over fourteen and a half. Just seems pretty light. He's been getting buckets. He's the sixth man of the year, more likely than not. And uh, it's just really evident that they're at home. This is just screaming for him to have a good game. You know, yeah. Jimmy needs that number two guy to turn to. And it's been him more often than not. I don't think he's better than R.J. Barrett. That's just me being a Knicks fan. And I'm going to throw a stray right there. But it is what it is. And I think he will get us over 14 and a half points. If you're the Celtics, who are you having guard him? It's very interesting to me because you don't want to overstate his what he can do, but you also don't want to understate it, right? You don't want to put Marcus Smart on him because, like, no, I think Jalen Brown's. I think Jalen Brown. You think Jalen Jalen Brown was. He, I, I don't. He had maybe the worst defensive series I've ever seen him have. He was losing his man consistently, so I hope in this series it's a little bit different because, I, he, Drew Holiday. I think he was guarding for a good amount of time. He was getting wide open. Pat Connaughton was getting wide open. Like. For for Jalen, he's gonna need to step up. If I had to guess, it would be Jalen because I'm not wasting Marcus Smart on Tyler Hero. No offense to Tyler. Well, but then again, I don't. Yeah, your best bet is probably Jalen because then you have Tyler, or uh, then you have uh, Marcus guarding PJ Tucker. I, I don't know. I think I'd put him on Jimmy. Well, what about Tatum? who's Tatum guarding? Anybody else? I want my best defender on their best player. There was times where Giannis was getting guarded by Marcus Smart, and it worked. So I. 
And it's a smaller Jimmy Butler, so I, I, it, it's up to Ime, obviously. I don't know what he's going to choose to do, but I would have Jimmy Butler getting guarded by Smart because that doesn't eliminate Jimmy, but it doesn't keep him consistently scoring a bunch of points. So Yeah, he definitely – I don't think he can give Marcus Smart 40. That's no, that's for no. sure. I don't think the way we saw him go up. 40. Yeah, the way we saw Jimmy go off last series, I don't think that would happen again. But uh, another pick that I have is Al Horford over ten and a half points. I think that with wow. Williams, Rob will if he's going to be a little shaken up the way you're saying, they're going to need a little bit more offense and probably a little bit more on the glass from Al Horford. He had a great series last series and. I mean, honestly, nobody really had expectations for him. And so for him to turn up the way he did, he had one great offensive game. And I got heat on this for most sports TV last night, but I'm going to stick with it and saying that I think Al Horford played a good defensive series on Giannis. Like as good, like Giannis yeah. is the best player in the world that he's going to get his, but nobody expected Al Horford to do anything. And he came out and he played respectable on he defense did. Yeah. and he provided solid offense for the Celtics. So I, I was expecting Al Horford, you know, to just roll over and die being a 50-year-old man. Like, he didn't have to come out and do anything. Yeah. But he came out and he kind of – people were saying he turned back the clock. And I don't think I would have gone that far, but he looked good. Yeah. Al wasn't on that 2020 team. Um, but it's going to be a lot different looking back with him on the floor. It'll help defensively on maybe Bam, but more – on other guys and not leaving the wings open, which is very, and also having him in, in the corner, being able to shoot threes when Rob is on the floor is, is very big. Although Grant was doing that pretty well too. So we'll see which one they, uh, who plays more. It's exciting, dude. I'm like actually so excited for this game tonight. It's getting to that point where every NBA game is feeling like it's oh, your yeah. team, you know, like yeah. it's, it's that exciting. So I also have another one. I'm going with Gabe Vincent oh, under yeah. on his points. Um, Eight and a half. You guys have just too much defensive yeah. style of play at the guard position for this guy to get nine points, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, unless he comes out and he hits three threes, like, I, I cannot see any other way that Gabe Vincent is getting nine points. So, Gabe's kind of, Gabe kind of reminds me of like what Grayson Allen does for the Bucks. The Celtics usually don't allow those types of players to beat them. So the hope is is that Gabe Vincent's not a guy who can put up even 12 or whatever because then that that's hurting the Celtics because you can't have those guys putting up more than they're expected to. So usually they don't allow it, although in the Heat series a few years ago, which I keep going back to because it's haunted in my memory, um, I know that they did, that was when Tyler Hero was that type of player and they let him go off. So I'm sure they watched the tape and those types of things aren't going to happen. Yep. Hope I hope not, man. For your sake and your mental sanity. Oh yes, I my mental not. sanity. You have any more picks for that game? Yeah, I had my player performance doubles. Um, I got two. I'm more confident on the Grant Williams two threes in a Boston win, just because he's gonna get a the volume's gonna be there. He's gonna shoot at least six or seven every game now, just because if that's there, you have to take it. I did not expect him to be given the green light like that. And he was given the green light. So uh, two threes and a Boston win for Grant. The one I'm a little less confident about more because Jimmy's a great defender. And I would assume he's going to be on Jason. But 30 points in a Boston win. I think he's going to be the one tonight. Jason won't have those type of games throughout the whole series. He's going to have to work for everything he does. So if he has a great game, he might have a, a mediocre type game in between. But that's why they have Jalen Brown to step up. Those types of guys. 
But tonight, I think it's Jason, 30-plus on a Boston win. I think this is the game Boston steals, and then I think it'll be probably a 1-1 series going going back to Boston. That's Very interesting. All right, yeah, I, I like that, dude. And I think Jason Tatum is, I mean, we talked about it yesterday, and we talked about it with you. Jason Tatum needs his respect as a top-10 player in the league, and it's getting to that point where your people are really getting forced to recognize it. And how many more performances like the other day does he have to put up before he's getting his, you know, respect all across the league? So I think that he's going to have a solid game as well. I'm totally on on the train with you on those picks. And I'm going to hop in one more pick that I think is going to be a big key to your guys' game. Like I said, I think that you have a great defensive uh, guard set over there. I mean, you have multiple guards that could defend for you on an above average level. So obviously that helps out when you're playing got a team with a lack of point guard depth. So I think that I have market, not that I think I know for a fact I'm coming with Marcus smart over one and a half steals tonight. And that is at plus plus one thirty-eight. And I just really think, I don't know. I don't have any confidence in anybody dribbling the ball for Miami, you know, like Gabe Vincent, Victor Aladipo. It's going to be Jimmy probably a majority of the time and otherwise like he can't hold the ball forever you know yeah. like he's not he's not Luca he could take a game over but he's not Luca he's not like a LeBron that can just ball stomp the entire time and still beat you so I think Marcus Smart could definitely get that one and a half he seems to get at least one a game yeah so he, it's really just about that, that second so I think that he could get that especially being on the road he has that chip on his shoulder and I think I don't remember if we talked about this but the fact that if Marcus Smart wins a championship, how great of a season he can have. Like, that, being that he has a defensive player of the year and, oh, we said the finals MVP, mm-hmm. right? We said so that. He, if, I said he'd be that sneaky guy that yep. if the Celtics were to win the finals, he would be the kind of guy. Just because he always has that type of mentality to to be the best in that situation. Like, he's not going to put up the best the best statistics, but you know who the heart of the Celtics is. Absolutely. The intangibles, the off-the-stat-sheet type of things that really win you basketball games. And I know steals are a statistic, but I feel like his grittiness and his defense, especially mm-hmm. on the road in Miami, he knows what it takes to get these types of wins. He's been in this position before, been in this, like, scenario, all of that. So I'm riding with the Celtics tonight yeah. for sure. I was thinking about for Marcus, if he wins a ring, I'm I'd retire his number before he retired. Cause I think the one thing he has not done now in Boston, he's been their best he's been their face. Not Uh oh, I think we lost you for a second, but I get what you mean. We he's he's yeah. definitely the identity of this team, yeah. for sure. And with a ring, he kinda has that Paul Pierce type vibe to me now. Like he was never as great as Paul, but if he is a ring, he kind of did it in Boston. So I wouldn't be surprised if nobody ever wore 36 again. I think there's yep. two guys on the team right now that are like that. Obviously, the other one's pretty obvious. But, yeah, that that's what I feel like they're fighting for. These are not legacy games for these guys because they're so young. Like, you think about it, Tatum's still, what, 24, 25? Like, it's insane yeah. to, to think. Like, this isn't a legacy game for him because he's going to have so many other chances. But they've been here before. Now it's time to get. To where they need to be so absolutely and they're going through absolute titans of basketball teams to get to yeah. this point you know they beat katie and Kyrie, they beat the bucks like yeah this is no cakewalk of a playoff yeah that's now. why i wanted philly to win i wanted a cakewalk yeah no you guys have had no easy routes and 
you're still making the most of it and beating up on these insanely good teams that have these playoff cores and, you know, we're built for the postseason. Yeah. And you guys really like you guys weren't essentially like nobody no. went into the season. No, thinking, this season like, was a throw. This Boston team, they have that playoff identity to them. Like, you know, that was not no. it was seeming like a throwaway, like especially after game one, when you got absolutely pieced up in Madison Square Garden. Like <laughs> it was it was feeling fantastic. I was feeling that, was, like that, that feels moment. like five years ago, dude. I cannot believe you. Could you believe Dennis Schroeder was a Celtic dish? That that blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's that's crazy, and I'm glad you don't have to go through that anymore because he absolutely stinks. Peyton Pritchard's better, honestly. Peyton Pritchard is better, <laughs> and I hope Peyton Pritchard could hit a couple threes for you tonight as well. Oh, I hope so too. Well, is that all we got for the uh, the basketball? I think it is. I think we uh, we hit every base there. Yeah, we, we pre-gamed you guys very well. I think. Yeah, uh, like I said, I'm just so excited for this game tonight. Eight thirty at Miami. It's uh, it's gonna be a good one. So I will uh, see you guys on Twitter talking about that, tweeting some pics. If we see any more, don't forget to drop a follow at ML Madness pod. And yeah, let's uh, let's get headed over to the diamond. We'll talk about some uh, some baseball. Oh, yeah. Uh, Let me uh, hear it. Let me hear it. So last night, Matt made a pick. He picked the Angels. I believe. Did you pick the money line or did you pick the spread? I think you picked Uh, the spread, right? Yeah, I picked the Angels one and a half. And that was over relatively quickly. They had a three nothing lead, and then and then Noah Syndergaard finally regressed to the point where um, every Met fan on Twitter—I don't know if you went on Twitter, but I know you're on Mets Twitter—they um, were enjoying it. I was enjoying it too when I saw it. Um, after everything the Mets did for him, and he went and he he said something very stupid, and then disrespected the franchise. He he got. In his next start, he got blasted. He got hit by a bad lineup, too. Not a good lineup. A team that has struggled throughout the entire year. And Matt had, uh, and usually I don't do this, but I had to point it out. He was wrong because he picked the Angels to win by a run and a half, and Texas beat him by three because of Noah Syndergaard. How about this, though? The Rangers scored one more run after he came out of the game. So the Angels had their chances. <laughs> They did, but they didn't do it. So it was just, bro, you come out with a three, your team gives you a three, nothing lead and you can't even get three outs for him. It's just, it's disgusting product. Noah Syndergaard came out. His fastball hit a high of 92 miles an hour yesterday. Not there anymore. He it's doesn't have the velocity gross, bro. It's gross. He needs to cut his hair. He needs to retire. He needs to like, I don't. I have a personal vendetta against him now at this point because this was just like he talks shit on Twitter and then you come out and you get shelled by the Texas Rangers, bro. The Texas yeah. Rangers, they have been a laughing stock of the MLB for five plus years now. And you come out and you can't get out of the first inning against them. After you, if you're going to talk, back it up, please. If, if you're going to be if you're going to be Pat Bev. <laughs> Back it up, like, right? Absolutely. There was a lot of shit talking going on in sports lately by people who should not be talking shit. So that's yeah. just what I want to want to bring that out there. So I, I usually wouldn't mention a wrong bet. Not not that we try to hide it, but I wouldn't like uh, laugh at you for it. This one I had to just because it was yeah. Noah, and you know how I felt about. Absolutely, no, I understand. And that's one thing that I am glad happy about, I am happy that my Yankees came out and then they blessed me with all of my money, you know, made in baseball last night. That was, I mean, it was just obvious. We're playing the Orioles. I took the Yankees spread. I took the Yankees money line and I took the Yankees spread 
and or the Yankees over and money line. So yeah. all three of those hit got to make up for Noah Syndergaard being an absolute scumbag. And uh, that just it feels good, especially knowing that it was my team. But the Angels, I definitely am not betting on Noah Syndergaard to do anything for no, me ever again. So, yeah, I wouldn't do that anymore. But, yeah, speaking of your Yankees, they're until they prove to me that they're not the best team in baseball, they're going to stay on my bet slip. So I've got them winning by a run and a half again. Yeah, <laughs> they, me too. They pretty Literally. much have proven until they until I'll fail a couple times with them. I'll get a couple of picks wrong, but I'm going to go with the Yankees until they prove to me that they're not the best team. I mean, it, it, every time they walk on the field, it looks obvious they're going to win by two runs. So, Especially when you're playing a yeah. team like the Orioles. Like, I don't know if you have seen the statistic, but it's uh, the Yankees really stress it a lot on their broadcast whenever they play the Orioles. Any time that Tampa had played Baltimore last season, they ended up, I think it was 18 and two. 18 and one. 18, 18 and, and one. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the Yankees almost somewhat split with Baltimore yeah. last year. Can't, yeah, you so can't do that. Yeah. If you really want to win the division, you have to beat up on the little guys Absolutely. like Baltimore. So, I mean, also, you see that with the Angels game. You have to be able to beat up on bad teams like the Rangers. And no Syndergaard letting us down couldn't do that so the one thing that the Yankees have been able to do thus far is beat both the good and bad teams so we got a nice little skid against the Orioles and I'm going to take advantage of that hop on that minus one and a half all day that comes in at minus 138 and we're just going to be hammering that one home over here because it just it seems like free cash at this point yeah they are free cash they are the definition of free cash right now at this point I also, uh, I know I don't really like this team. You know, I'm never going to like this team. The Boston Red Sox, they're at home today. They have Nathan Navaldi on the mound going up against Jose Urquidy and the Astros. Uh, The Red Sox have been on a really bad skid as well. They're sitting actually right with Baltimore at the bottom of the division. So the AL East is kind of the Yankees for the taking at this point. Like if they just stay consistent, we're, you know, they got it. So. I unfortunately, though, am going to be riding with Boston at minus one and a half today. That's a plus 176. And I'm just going to go for half a unit on that. They're home. I know that the Astros have like been playing relatively decent baseball this season, but I think that the Red Sox at home could take advantage of this. I just like Avaldi on the mound. He's just got that big fastball with that dropper dropping 12 six. So I like him against a fastball kind of hitting lineup against the Astros, so go minus one and a half. Yeah, I'm staying in the AL East. I'm going with the uh, Toronto Blue Jay game in Toronto. Starts at seven. Um, uh, Seattle, for some reason, with their ace on the mound, Logan Gilbert, and I say he's their ace because Robbie Ray looks terrible right now. Um, him in his tight pants. But so Seattle's going into Toronto. Um, Logan Gilbert, two thirteen ERA, four and one on the year. They are plus 128 on the money line. I am drilling that because I, quite frankly, don't understand how, with Toronto starting a guy with a near six ERA in Jose Barrios, I don't quite understand how they're not favored in this game. But Seattle coming off a series win against the Mets, that that feels not free, obviously, but it feels like something that, that certainly could happen. So I've got the Mariners at plus 128 over Toronto. Wow, I like the more you're talking about that, the more I like it, honestly. Because I wasn't yeah, even I paying attention to the Mariners that that closely, but 
you're right. Barrios being that bad this season is really interesting because he was yeah. supposed to be one of the more touted acquisitions pitching yeah. wise of the off season. I believe people... he's on like a nine year con or seven or nine year contract. Like that is very concerning for him Ooh. to have almost a six ERA with the dead balls. Like he's in the dead balls. Yeah, that's that's pretty gross. I also think that if you want to look the uh, the player performance route, maybe worth a little bit of a sprinkle. Logan Gilbert, five strikeouts in Seattle to win. Uh, Toronto does strike out a lot. They're oh, turning yeah. into a little bit of uh, a Yankees type of team, a little 2019 that's, that's, Yankees type. That's what happens like, when you build a team full of uh, power hitters. That's what happens. Yeah. It no, nah, it, it really does. And you're seeing that sometimes the long ball doesn't always win you the game. So I really like that. And I'm going to hammer that home right there with you. I, I like that. Yeah, I love that one. So, um, yeah, with the dead balls being the way that it is, having a team that can only hit home runs, very, very stressful. Because nobody's hitting home runs right now. Nobody's hitting home runs. And that's the one thing that's really made me happy about this Yankees team is that they found ways to win. And it's other than just the home run. So they're coming out. They're getting base hits. We got guys like Josh Donaldson who are adding, you know, I think he went three for four last night with two doubles and a single and or no two doubles and a home run. I'm sorry. So like he's just tapping into his, you know, former self. And when you could get base knocks and string runners along, it really makes things a lot better as an offense and a lot less stressful on those power hitters to just hit home runs. And I know Joey Gallo probably feels heat when he comes up and he strikes out five times a game, but it just does. It doesn't seem to matter when everybody else is producing because he's right there smiling in the dugout along with them. Yeah. Joey Gallo is going to need to work on making contact because eventually um, when the shift is gone, he's going to have a really cool opportunity to actually be able to hit through those gaps if he can learn how to hit a ball on the ground, well, which I'm I'll not tell, sure he's capable of right now. Yeah, let me tell you this. <laughs> the, only, <clears throat> the, only, the only thing Joey Gallo is working on, the only shift Joey Gallo is working on is uh, a shift at Wendy's when he's packing four for fours in this offseason because this guy needs to get off my baseball team. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll be a Yankee next year, that's for sure. But he will be on some team. I don't think he'll be packing four for four in the Wendy's, but I get it. I get it. Yeah, I, I hope so, truthfully. Yeah. You have any uh, any more MLB picks for me? <laughs> yeah, I got two more quick ones. Uh, I got the Brewers one and a half over the Braves again. The Braves are getting to the point where it's, listen, this team was under 500 at the trade deadline last year and turned around and won the NL East and won the World Series. So they're not done until till august i'm not calling them dead to august but they are getting to a point where they got to start winning games because i'm sorry the Mets schedule is going to get very simple up until june the last two weeks of this this um schedule philly we got philly on the schedule. It's gonna be very easy so up until june if you're too far away the braves are going to be looking from yeah you don't want to be in a away. hole that's yeah, that's a big hole there and if you go look at the standings right now, they're they're in a hole. I mean, they're seven back right now. The closest to the Mets are five and a half, and I don't think anybody's scared of Philly, but the Braves are the main contender, and they are looking bad. They lost again yesterday. We had that. I had the minus one and a half on Milwaukee, and I'm going with it again just because if you're going to get hot, you're not going to get hot against Milwaukee, so I'm pretty comfortable in this series. But Yeah, to at any, home as well. Like, Milwaukee's at home. That yeah, makes sense. To any Braves fan and to any Braves player or anything – they got to figure it out because it's if you're too far away when June begins, listen, the Mets have a very difficult June. I don't want to – looking at the schedule, it gives me – an uh, just my head hurts when I look at it. But <laughs> looking at it, uh, yeah, it's tough. But 
the Braves have to step it up, but I don't think they're going to do it. So tomorrow I'll probably tweet out that I have the Brewers again too because I'm just expecting the Braves to get swept here. But yeah, I look out for the Braves to maybe get something going after. And then but, the other yeah, one... Not, not anytime soon. And wait, yeah. can I, before you just move on to that second one, can I just... Yeah. like What a weird line for this Braves game, though. Because yeah. you look at these lines, and they're plus one and a half on the spread or the run line, and that comes in at minus 205. Yeah. just doesn't make any sense. I'm definitely going to hammer home that Brewers along yeah, with you. Minus one and a half at plus 168. And then the fact that they're minus money on the money line at minus 126... It just seems like this is all brew crew right now. Yeah. Like, if you're not hopping on that run line for the Brewers, like it just doesn't make sense to bet on that game. Yeah, that one that that one just like the Mariner game is a very odd line in my opinion. But the other one, uh the Mets were rained out yesterday as we expected. Um this one, they've playing a doubleheader and I will be honest, this is maybe the least excited I've been for a doubleheader because it's Trevor Williams and then Taiwan Walker. So it is not Key pitching matchups. I would not be surprised if at the end of the day the Mets lost both. Could have a chance to win, but I'm not picking a winner in any game. Um, I'm just going over eight and a half runs in the first game. The Mets can hit Michaelis. Everybody, they do that quite often when they face him. But Trevor Williams on the other side, I can guarantee he's going to give up at least four runs. So, And he's not going to go deep in the game, and the Mets bullpen is going to be shot at, is already shot at some point. So... Uh, over eight and a half runs, a nine run game is, it seems pretty easy. That's the first game. So that's the three o'clock game, not the seven o'clock game. So that's the nice. last one I've got. Yeah. I don't, I don't have any more MLB bets for you. I was looking a little bit at the, uh, Reds guardians, maybe even, uh, giving the guardians a little bit of a, a win right there, but at minus 166, I mean, I guess I could roll with that one, but other than that, I think I'm I think I'm all good. I love our NBA picks for today, and I think that's where our money's going to really be oh, made yeah. at. But other than that, I think that's gonna gonna wrap it for episode 29. Yeah, I know. Hopefully, when we come back, I would assume Thursday, um, it'll be a uh, Celtics 1-0 lead. Hopefully, yes, hopefully. sir. Hopefully, well. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget, tomorrow we will not be having an episode, but if you want picks for that Warriors-Mavericks game, follow us on Twitter at MLMadnessPod. We're we're giving you updates on everything going on in our live bet scenarios, any hedges, anything like that. So make sure to drop a follow, turn on notifications, and we will be back soon with episode 30. No Steph Curry. Little Steph Steph Curry. Little Steph Steph Curry. Curry. We won't be talking Steph Curry because it'll be the day of the Celtics game, but we will mention that Steph Curry, whatever Steph Curry does, we'll bring up. Well, yeah, we will definitely recap that. Yeah, you got to. You got to. Well, thank you all for listening. This has been episode 29 of Moneyline Madness, and we will catch you in the next one. Peace. Go dogs.